Hi, everyone. Dr. Tim here with Hillary for another session of the Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. It is holiday season, though, so we are going to talk about aquariums, past, present, and future. I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit. Dr. Tim has been around keeping aquariums for quite a bit longer than I have and can tell us about how things were a while back. And we even have pictures of his first aquarium. And I'm going to put that in the slides so that you guys can see it and comment. Let us know what you think of it. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about how things used to be, how they are now, and then maybe what we expect to see in the future. Thanks, Hillary. <laughs> I was trying to be as nice as possible. That's okay. It's experience, like a fine bottle of wine. There you go. I, ju I just haven't mellowed with age. But... Uh... <laughs> I, you know, I would say, I would say, yeah, like you do dad jokes every Monday. That, that's pretty mellow. Dad mm. jokes in Hawaiian shirt. Just yep. saying. Well, I've had Hawaiian shirts a long, long time too. So we're all vintage. Um, but I have, I got my first aquarium when I was six years old. And uh, that, that was the start of all this. I um, won two goldfish at a, you know, elementary school fair, took them home, found a, I don't know why there was a fishbowl under the sink. I just remember this, took a bunch of soap and cleaned that fishbowl up, filled it full of water. And the next morning, the fish were dead as doornails. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was uh, rather un un unhappy and... Uh, my mom called my uncle, and he was uh, a very well-known dentist, and he had aquariums in his office, and he brought me over an aquarium and uh, showed me how to set it up and told me all the stuff I had to do. And and as they say, the rest is history. Um, that was That's my first aquarium. Still have it right here in the office. That's um, pretty cool. You'll see the picture of Pemco, slate bottom, tar in the corners. And at that time, it was revolutionary because we used undergravel filters. Do you know what an undergravel filter is, Hillary? You know, I've heard of undergravel filters. I can't say that I've ever actually seen one. Just like the old rotary phones, huh? Now we're going back. <laughs> <laughs> now, I haven't seen and used those. You have or have not? No, I have. Okay. In a hotel somewhere in the back country, <laughs> huh? Anyways, the so uh, this is a 29-gallon skinny tank. I think I think front to back the tank is – I know it's not a – it could be as skinny as 8, eight inches, maybe 10 inches. Um, and uh, back then – Nobody knew about the nitrogen cycle. Um, I've I've looked for references. I, I did an article on this, and I've tried to find articles when they start talking about nitrifying bacteria and stuff, and that really didn't come into uh, till later, the late the late sixties, uh, early seventies. We're talking a little before then, and. Um, so, so my uncle, what he told me to do is 
um, you had you had these orange. I'll try to. I've got them somewhere. These orange under gravel filters. So the pl- plate, this plastic plate that goes on the t- in the tank first, and these skinny lift tubes in the corners. The lift tubes are literally three eighths inch. You know, just skinny. And you put the rock, the gravel on top of that, and uh, add dechlor. That's what it was called, dechlor. And he said, every month you have to take the gravel out, rinse it really well, and then put it back in. Now, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So, So every month I'd have two buckets. I'd take some water out and I'd capture all the fish and I'd put them in the water in one bucket and keep the dogs away because the dogs were like bobbing for apples. Um, They'd try to catch the fish in the bucket and then take a uh, hose or, or, you know, tube uh, and siphon out all the gravel, take it out to the backyard and the hose and rinse the gravel out really well till it's clean, clean out the tank until it's spotless and then set it all up again. So basically, as you can probably guess, is every month I'm destroying the nitrifying bacteria. <laughs> no kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. But that's what you're supposed to, that's what I was told to do was uh, clean that thing. And uh, the, the the revolution, if if and I have a book, the these um, oh, what were they called? Oh, it, the, the original undergravel filter was designed by a company in Long Beach, California. Miracle Miracle Filter, Miracle Flow, or something like that. And there's a book and. and I have it. It talks about how it's so revolutionary that the undergravel filter, and I've got to maybe explain this. So you have this plate on the bottom. You put the gravel on top, and then you have an air hose, an air air pump that connects to the lift tube, and you bubble air into one tube, a skinny little tube, and it goes under the gravel filter and then up the lift tube. And that creates a water flow. The water flows through the gravel, and uh, that brings the oxygen. Now we know what it's doing. It brings the oxygen in contact, or the water and oxygen in the water in contact with the gravel. The bacteria live there, and it circulates. And undergravel filters were were super popular for forty years. You and I joined Marineland. I remember undergravel filters um, were quite popular. And this book talks about how they're so good that they actually trap ick and disease organisms. The downward flow of the water traps the disease organisms in the gravel. Now we know that's all BS, but it sounds great. Um, but uh, that was no nobody knew about bacteria you know you weren't educated you go to the store and they didn't talk to you about nitrifying bacteria or anything else um until later and the thread of why you know past present and future is really increased knowledge and improved technology 
that we have because the you had an air pump uh hasn't changed much on those the the lift tube and the under gravel filter and then that was it and then you had then came the hang on the tank uh filters but they worked differently in that once the pads clogged the filter would lose suction and you'd have this slurping sound which would drive your family crazy because the you know the filter the filter boxes run out of water nowadays the filters are hang on tank filters are different in that they have bypass so they never run out of water so and you don't so you don't have and they're self priming um the ones in the beginning ones you had to there was different ways of trying to get them to prime uh you know where you had to fill the lift tube with water, put your finger over both ends. So your both hands are in the water here and put one end in the filter box, one end in the tank to get the uh, filter going and get the suction going. That was a lot of fun. You interacted a lot more with your tank in those days. Sounds like a lot of work. It's amazing <laughs> that there's a hobby now, if that's what they had to go through. Oh uh, yeah, it was. Um, and, the I mean the filters had the spun wool in there. You cleaned that, but nobody really talked about biomedia or anything like that. And we we kept fish alive. It, it was fine. Lighting, lighting was fluorescent tube or incandescent tube, and there were no safety features. I'm I'm surprised I didn't electrocute myself as a kid. <laughs> when I think back of it, back on it, um, wow. but the lighting was. Uh, basically a shop light, or then we got the Grolux. That was, you know, these special kind of pinkish fluorescent lamps that were over the uh, tank. And uh, I mean, it it looked fine, and we 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 kept a variety of fish alive in spite of our lack of knowledge. Okay, I'm going to pause you right there. So. Right now, I feel like we, especially in freshwater, I feel like there's a fairly large variety of fish that you can find. How does now compare to back then? Well, the fish were better back then. They were you when you went to the store, the fish were healthier. They were bigger. Um, the yeah, the we had we had a wide variety. Not not as you know big as now. Now you've got fish from all over. But we had a lot of nice fish. You know, of course, you had discus and angelfish, and uh, all sorts of tetras and barbs and algae eaters and uh, zebra danios. There was a there was a quite quite a wide variety of fish then. I I don't think we we, we didn't have a bunch of the pacostomus. You know, now that you have. Um, but we had one or two. So the fish were kind of the same. And I would say these days fish are smaller at the store. Uh, I think the quality of fish was actually, if I had, if I was being honest, were, was better back then. Why do you think that was? I think now there's just a uh, pressure um, on the fish farms to produce a lot of fish and get them out. You know, we, uh, there were when they, you know the bigger department stores, Woolworths, a place called Sages. I can remember they had store you know, fish in those stores. It's kind of like you went down to Macy's and there was a fish department. 
Um, what? Yeah. Wait, so was there like no, but not Macy's Petco and Pet these Smart were, did not exist. Like didn't exist. But so that's where like what you would consider like your fish store or your pet store? Yeah. Fish that's fish crazy. store. Fish store. Yeah. Fish yeah, store. Fish store. Definitely a fish store. Woolworths. Oh yeah. Woolworths, wow. place called Sages. And there was a couple of aquarium stores, but after a while that you know, the owners were like, kid, get out of here. You're bugging me because you kind of live there. <laughs> we all do. I feel like at some point when you're first learning, yeah. like I've got, oh, that kid has another question. Yeah, another question. Get out of here, kid. You're bugging me. You don't have any money anyways, right? Okay. So you've been to Europe. I was in um, Interzoo and we stopped. I, I feel like it was a big, I don't know, kind of like Home Depot, but I think they had more stuff and they had a whole fish department in that store. Would you say that it's maybe something like that? Or are you familiar with that? Um, well, you're, you're not talking about Zoo Jajak. That's a, a, all they do is sell animals. It's a No, no. This was a, like, we went there for a, like a Home Depot. We were trying to find like tape or, I don't know, something yeah. for our booth. And I was like, oh, look, there's fish. Yeah, it was like that. You know, but, this, you know, Walworth, you get everything, but they had a fish department. Sages, you get everything too. Yeah. You go to you go to Japan these days and literally go to the department store and go to the top floor. Out, You can go out on the roof and the top floor is the fish section. And they have $100,000 arowanas there. Here, put this on my Macy's charge card and get that. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. I mean, Pier 1 Imports. Which wasn't, you know, that later on, Pier One, they had they had fish. Yeah. Really? Okay, yeah. this is just like blowing my mind. <laughs> oh yeah, Pier One, Pier One Airport Imports had a big fish selection. Well, that's crazy. You, you know, the the late Bob Fenner was responsible for that. He he was importing and setting up fish at Pier One Imports, Southern California. No way. Yeah, that's cool. I got a so, side note about Bob Finner. He was one of the first people, like, I can remember when I was a new hobbyist, Wet Web Media was the website. I think they still have it, but, like, that was my go-to resource trying to figure out what was going on in my tank when, like, the forums all steered me wrong. I have very fond memories of him being super helpful. Not Bob was always, super, I mean, you know, he and I went to school together at San Diego State. I did not know that. I learned something new every time we talk. Yeah, no, we were we were both undergraduates at San Diego State studying biology and chasing, uh, yeah, biology. That's what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> so we definitely went. Yeah, had good times then. Long time ago. So I watched him grow, and he had a couple of those stores in a lot of different things. Was a great guy. Um, yeah, he was. But but you know we 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 didn't we didn't know a lot and then uh, funny story I I set up eventually a few years later this bacteria product came out and it was supposed to help you set up your tank and uh, you, then you started getting test kits and uh, I bought the stuff you know with with my money mowing lawns and stuff like that and tested it because. I had a chemistry set and test kits and I was, you know, junior Jacusto here in this garage and house with aquariums. Yeah. Picture that. And, uh, but anyways, the stuff didn't work, didn't cycle, didn't do anything for the ammonia. And it's a, a well-known company these days. And I have the letter I wrote to them asking for my money back. And they gave me my money back. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can picture it. <laughs> About 13 years old asking for my money back because your stuff is no good. It didn't cycle. Oh, funny. Yeah. Uh, but but well, no. I was going to say, and they're still around today. Oh, they're still around today. Yep. The equipment was, I, I remember the first protein skimmer I ever got was the Sanders protein skimmer. And, you know, there is nothing wrong to this day with that protein skimmer. Um, it still works. Yeah. And as as you've what? heard me a million and a half times, people tend to overskim, you know, get get a bigger skimmer, get this, get that, all this stuff. We now know that overskimming leads to more problems. It leads to, I think it leads to a lot of problems in most people's tanks. We try to keep the water too clean. I don't care where you dive, the water is not, you know, gin clean. The Sanders skimmer work, works fine. It it gets out the organic, you know, enough of the organics and help things, keeps things clean. And we had the common problems, cyano, I don't remember having dinoflagellates. We had cyanobacteria, that's for sure, and algae. But we didn't have uh, much knowledge of lights. Lights were basically, you had shop lights and grow lights. Yeah, at that time, grow lux lights, which of course grow grow algae as well as they grow plants. Of course, yeah. But I mean, you know, nowadays a freshwater tank and a and a marine tank, I think, are much different uh, in terms of the equipment you have. Um, at that time, you used pretty much the same equipment for a freshwater tank as a saltwater tank. Now, then, now when you get to the fish, we we didn't really have corals, and fish were relatively limited at at that time. I, mean, I think I had my first saltwater tank when I was fourteen or fifteen because it was it was expensive then. But, it's expensive now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So, what do your what was your first saltwater fish? Oh, panther grouper. I've always loved the panther groupers. That was the first one you kept? Yep. Panther groupers, lionfish, and arc-eyed hawkfish. Yep. Okay. Those are my go-to. I didn't did really, you know, those are all those are all hardy fish too. Luckily, I didn't lose too many fish because you know, people you, people tried to keep others, but we didn't know, you know, much about the feeding. There weren't a ton of books at that time. It was, you had a couple of magazines um, they they came out monthly, and you you devour those and trying to get information. But uh, you didn't have you didn't have the internet, which is good and it's bad. You know, you can ask questions, but you get a hundred answers, and you get a hundred different answers these days. So how do you how do you know which one is correct? So, back then, a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I can only imagine. So what are and I don't want to like call out specific, different brands, but like, what are some brands that you remember being around that are still around today? Like, what were your like go-to? I'm sure we all have our go-to stuff. Hmm. Not to say that like that's something that you sponsor, but I think it's interesting to see no, no, no. You companies mean, that have you, you had know. you had Tetra, you know, which is around in one way or another. Um, Marineland. I mean, I had Marineland filters 
before I ever worked for Marineland. Um, oh, that's cool. And I and since I, I still have some of those, well, the Whisper, you know, Second Nature was absorbed by Tetra. I don't, so I'm not sure if they're still around, but that was a well-known brand. Hagen, hey, I mean, Hagen's been along, around for a long, long time. Um, and then, you know, Aquarium Systems at that time, Instant Ocean uh, was was kind of the only salt, I think. And uh, that's what you used. Oh, I will just say that Instant Ocean is my go-to salt <laughs> for now, for now. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, and those those were you know, the kind of the standard ones. We didn't really have the wide variety of of skimmers of obviously didn't have led lighting. Um, you know, that, uh, the, the, it was incandescent. Then it went to fluorescent and then it went to, um, high output and very high output. So HO and VHO because started to learn intensity to get, you know, what we now know is you're trying to get the par, but then the real, um, switch i mean it was almost a switch was and and somebody you know will say i'm wrong on the year and i probably am but we've we've progressed now i'm not a a little kid anymore but we're into the 80s and started using the 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 actinic lights and that's when you were able to start keeping corals alive for much longer and and actually they started to grow not just keep them alive and the actinic lights of course had the blue wavelength and and that was what the animals the corals needed it wasn't so much you needed this high intensity you needed it in the right wavelength but that all took you know not you know knowledge the 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 knowledge has expanded the science has expanded over time and that's been one really fun to watch and and if i guess i'll give myself a little pat on the back contribute in my way into that it's kind of why i got into what i got into because i liked science and i liked aquariums and it kind of meshed so uh we now know a, a lot more about what it takes to sustain a you know closed uh, aquatic system. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it an ecosystem. We're getting closer and closer, but you know, the ecosystem. In, you need the bacteria, and we tend to eliminate the bacteria unintentionally and things like that. But we're getting more knowledgeable. People are under, starting to appreciate the importance of bacteria. Oh yeah, of course. You know, I'm going to take a step back. You were talking about corals, and you know, keeping them alive and stuff. It's interesting. This past year at Magna. I think Michael Paletta was the guy that gave the speech at dinner. And one of the things that really interested me is like, he kind of did the same thing and talked about how aquarium keeping has come along. And he had photos of some of the first corals that he kept. And I got to tell you, those are some of the ugliest looking corals. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if Magna posts these videos, but if they do, you should try and go back to look at them. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. The, the, the colors and the varieties of corals are amazing today and, and what people can do and uh, knowledge about flows and uh, seawater makeup, lighting, uh, 
is all it's just it's just amazing what we're doing these days um and there's really no reason yeah it's expensive but um let's look at some of these dogs and cats people keep <laughs> they're not cheap either so if you're going to make the investment to keep the animals you need you need to get the right equipment and there's no reason not to the knowledge the knowledge is there um, at the present time, to, not to keep everything alive, and we shouldn't keep everything in captivity. But you can definitely, uh, we look at we've got captive bred fish. Uh, you know that was unheard of um, for saltwater fish. The the originals were you know the clownfish that were done by Martin Moe out in Florida, and then a group came over to SeaWorld in San Diego um, to work on that. And, you know, it had success and, and failure and failures, 90% of science. And you learn about that and 90% of industry, you, you know, you learn from it and grow. And now every day, what was it? Quality Marine just announced um, oh, a purple tank. Purple I think. Yeah, yeah. Purple tank, you know, which 10 years ago, people would have said you're nuts, but uh there's a lot of companies and people putting a lot of time and effort into the into the captive bread, which is great for and corals, fragging and things like that. Um, so that's been a really nice advance that we have. Yeah, part of me too wonders, like you know, I mentioned like how ugly the corals were, but you know, I wonder if they were just as beautiful as they are now, but we just didn't know how to take care of them and like have the right lights and the right equipment that you know. We yeah, the, the, the corals. The corals haven't changed. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not like we got rid of all the ugly corals. No, <laughs> we, our, our our equipment made them ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but now we we just have so much uh, more knowledge and better equipment, and things have gotten smaller and much more energy efficient. I mean, look at uh, you know a little shameless plug, but the stuff we're we're introducing now from. Uh, ASF in, in Europe with, you know, using a third of the electricity for, uh, the, you know, then for the wave makers and the pumps and things like that, DC pumps. I mean, there's a wide variety of, of, uh, improvements and, you know, we look into the future, uh, energy efficiency, uh, controlling systems, feedback systems, um, so that you can get, you know, be warned of what's going on, backup systems, inc increased uh, improvements in lighting, LED lighting, um, even, you know, it's not been, what, five years, people would say you couldn't keep corals with LEDs. I'm sure you've heard that many times, Hillary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, you can't keep every coral with LEDs. But every day, LEDs are getting better and better. And um, I remember, you know, people had the um, metal halides. <laughs> you know, the metal halides, your electric bill, the meter was spinning off the wall, and you had to have uh, air conditioning in your house and refrigeration on your tank because it generated <laughs> so much heat. I can and only the, imagine. Yeah, the electric bills, you know, and uh, burn your house down with those things. Uh, but so that's, you know, looking ahead, this is what I know is happening because, because we're part of that where uh, smaller, more efficient equipment, better 
systems based on science and physics and uh, the now bacteria which of course is as dr tim's aquatics are our forte um, what we really specialize in and now everybody's jumping on that bandwagon but we've been on that for you know dr tim 16 years and myself for 20 years it's really the secret to the whole thing and and now with the uh genomics and uh this this sequencing that we can do uh with the biogenome we can actually start to learn and what you see all the time is is the the marketing gets ahead of the science if i can say that politely um <laughs> and so you, you, you know folks you're going to see all sorts of companies out there and mixes and promising this and promising that and just just beware when there's a new technology everybody jumps in and they're all the experts um just just uh evaluate the companies you're you're looking at and the products you're buying are they are they designed by scientists or are they designed by uh, business people out for the short term? That's that goes back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember since we're reminiscing, right, Hillary? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There. So there was a a magazine, Freshwater and Marine Aquarium, F A M A Fama, and uh, they're pretty industry friendly. But they they wrote one review and it was about this uh, product, and it was um, supposed to you know ma magically cure your fish. You just placed it in the tank and it got rid of all the diseases. And they took it what? apart. Oh yeah, well it was a kitchen. <laughs> you know, it was a kitchen, not a sponge, but the squeegee. You know, the little round made out of plastic uh, fiber. I don't know, kitchen scrubber, right? Yeah. And in the middle of the kitchen scrubber thing, they had put a couple of copper pennies. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. That's the product. You, no. you, oh, yeah. yeah. They took oh it apart. Oh, yeah. Right. So you're paying, you know, like 15, I don't know what the price was, but you're paying a lot of money for a, for a kitchen scrubber pad with a couple of pennies in the middle that are copper, that are, that are going to dissolve copper into your tank, supposedly. <laughs> Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy though. Stuff like that that like you know like oh this is great but now we look like looking back you're like oh no that's a terrible idea. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, I know magnets were big for a while and uh I I went to a talk in a, at a this was at a Magda I think. And the guy selling these magnets that, you know, were a fortune you wrapped around your uh, hoses, return hoses, how about how magnets kill bacteria? It's like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Magnets don't kill bacteria, people. There's actually magnetic. And, and it's pretty cool that it, it, if you have a decent microscope, you can see this. You don't have to even... Uh, you know, have a, a at 400 power, this works at a thousand X, it really you know, works. But if you go to a, a slew, a, a estuary, just any, you know, um, bay right on the edge there by the mud, scoop up some water 
and it usually works, but you can find these magneto magnetotactic bacteria and you put it under the scope and you're looking at it. And then you put a magnet by the, the cover slip and you could actually get the bacteria to be attracted to the magnet. And then you can slowly move the magnet and the bacteria will move with the magnet. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So something to do when you're thought out right there, Hillary. Right. You, when you're at the, last week when you were doing your uh <laughs> when it was super cold I, I was live streaming. I, I was waiting for you like how are you gonna drop that phone in the water and what are you gonna do with it now? Oh I don't even like I would have to go get my dive gear and go get my phone. <laughs> you, you you gotta get a holder or something so that you I know, know. that's all you I know, worried about was that Hillary was gonna drop she was just gonna fall in the water. It, what we're talking about, folks, is Hillary's doing this live boat, uh, live podcast from a boat dock uh, last weekend. It's really interesting. You should catch it. What's is, is there a name to this? No, it's just live streaming. On, usually, it's on Saturdays. Um, and she's looking at nudibranchs, and then there's a, a jellyfish there, and I'm thinking she's just going to drop this phone into the drink, and it's about four degrees <laughs> Celsius. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the water well the the air too air so. temperature was pretty cold too yeah anyways i interrupted what were you saying oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh i know i was gonna ask you about heaters i feel like one thing that i've always struggled with is getting good reliable heaters what kind of heaters existed like ha- have heaters changed at all i feel like they're still almost as unreliable as they've ever been yes they were they were unreliable then uh, because they all use the bimetal one, you know, that eventually. So, so what happens is you have this circuit, and there's these two pieces of different metals, and as the water changes temperature, the metals contract or expand, and when they expand, the two pieces of metal meet, and that completes the circuit, and then that starts heating up the the heater element, and what happens is. Eventually, those two pieces of metal solder together. They just stick, and that's when the heater never shuts off and your tank turns to booyah base. And that is the same technology used today, and the reason is, are there better systems? Yes, but they're more expensive, and people just won't pay the money, which to me, and, and folks, we don't, we don't have heaters yet. <laughs> no, we don't have heaters. So it's not like I'm pushing our heaters that we don't have, but you have this beautiful aquarium and you have all this money and you take and buy the cheapest heater you can find because it's 10 bucks where a quality digital heater, yeah, it's $70, maybe more, but you run no risk of cooking your tank you run no risk of the heater exploding. All the problems with heaters, the, the fix is there. It's just um, people will not pay the money. So companies just don't, uh, I mean, these things have launched in Europe. They've, they're here in the US. They don't sell because people look and they go, a heater's a heater. I'm going to get the $10 one, not the $70 one. And they don't think about the, the consequences. Yep. I've been around far too many times where heaters either gotten electrocuted by heaters or heaters have wiped out tanks or crashed or broken or almost burned houses down. Yeah. There's two, two, I mean the two, well, the heaters have burned houses down. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, we get that all the time. And it's like, we don't make heaters, folks, so you can't sue us. Um, wasn't our heater. But the two things that I would never go cheap on, heater and lights. Especially you know, if you're in, in, keeping corals and things like that, you have to have lights. Um, and the heater is just that thing that if, if it fails, it doesn't fail and nothing happens. It fails and your tank is wiped out. Yeah. I mean, what, exactly. what other, if your pump fails, it stops, you know, you've got some time to, to catch unless your tank is really over, overstocked or something like that. You have time and you'll get home and you'll know, you know, something's wrong and the tanks, the water's not moving or something like that. And you could say, well, you know, you can have an alarm system, but not everybody has, you know, a, an alarm, a temperature alarm system on their tank. They just have a nice tank. And then they don't realize it until their fish have bleached out and they're cooking and they're all dead that the heater stuck together. We, we get this all the time. I had a tank wipe out because the heater stuck and cooked my fish. So the, the one, yeah. I mean, Hillary, I'm, I'm open to uh, other, other pieces of equipment, but the heater is that one piece of equipment that, I would not go cheap on. You and I are in absolute agreement on that. I just got the heater for my new tank and I spent a pretty penny on it, but it's a titanium one and I'm hopeful that I, it will be good. Yeah. Word to the wise there. And as, you know, as we go forward, cause we've been, I've been rambling for a little bit of time and you asked what about the future? The future is, is, you know, better equipment at, at less expenses, I mean, less expensive pricing, hopefully. Um, the current situation, you know, with the supply chain and everything, prices are expensive, but that should come down. Shipping is a huge part. You know, containers um, from Europe or from China, just any of the shipping nowadays, it, it, has, it doesn't have to be um, finished goods. Just raw products are is is it up five six times. They ship a container that used to cost thirty five hundred dollars. At the height of, of COVID was twenty seven thousand dollars. Holy cow! Oh yeah, now it's come down to between ten and fourteen, but that's still two and a half times what it used to be. So it's just that that will come down hopefully a lot, hopefully, and and things will stabilize. Um, but more energy efficient and people maybe I, I'm I like technology and the. You know, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth <laughs> and stuff. I'm old-fashioned. I think you should be able to look at your fish. You 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 know, interact with your fish if you want Bluetooth. Get a computer or something. But uh, salt water and electronics has never mixed, never will. Um, and we and we tend to rely on it. it becomes a crutch. Well, uh, you know, I didn't pay attention much to my tank or anything because I got all this equipment on it. And then, well, probes get stuck. Saltwater corrodes things. Um, to me, the whole idea of having a fish tank has always been to have something living and beautiful in your in your uh, house. Um, and you got to look at it, and, and um, that's the whole purpose, to relax you and pay attention to it and just uh, you know, look at it instead of staring at your phone. That yes, sound exactly. old, that sound old and crotchy. <laughs> no, it's funny. I'm, it's funny that you brought that up because that was what I was going to ask. Is like, do you think things are going to go more automated and 
you know, all of these apps. I feel like I'm scared that things are going that way, but I'm hopeful that there's enough people out there like you and I that like to, you know, manually do things and to enjoy their tank, not just like parameters that are, you know, pulled up on an app. There's nothing wrong with the app and the parameters, as long as it's used to me as a tool and not a crutch. You still need to look at your fish, feed your fish, interact with your fish, the corals, all that type of stuff. Um, it tells you a lot. Uh, you know, we we get this all the time with the with the questions. You know, like you know, my 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 tank is perfect, but everything's dead. Well, obviously, something wasn't perfect. So I don't know, you know. And usually, it doesn't happen instantaneously. Yeah, sometimes. So you know, what were you doing? What were you looking, paying attention? I just think people need to look get away from looking in the phone, looking in the app, looking in the the LED uh, readout and look at the tank because if your fish start clamping up, if your corals aren't expanding, if your fish are shimmying in the corner, that's the early sign that something's going wrong. You don't need a meter to tell you the fish and the animals are telling you and that will never change. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody and they were talking about one of the species of wrasses that it's a captive bred species and that they had tried everything they'd watched trying to make sure that the numbers are right. Like everything was dialed in perfectly. And at the end of the day, what it came down to, it wasn't anything like digital. It was like they didn't have sand, like the right kind of sand or something in the tank. And that's something I feel like you know, a readout is never going to tell you. Like that's something that you have to observe that like it, it's the human component of all of this. And I think that as we're keeping the tanks, I hopefully that should always stay and be there yeah, and be the driving force. Yeah. That's what we're trying to have a piece of nature. You know, uh, I remember years ago when people were, came out with the, with the uh, flat screen television, you know, with, with looks like an aquarium. Oh, that's going to replace fish. I don't think so. People like to have, fish, the real fish, real corals. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And these days, the colors and the the variety is, un- it's just amazing, the tanks that you see and the fish and the colors. And all that can you can replicate in your house. And in the future, I think it'll be more knowledgeable. I won't say easier, but the knowledge will be there so that your success you can have success, but you're still going to have to dedicate a little time and effort to it. It's not going to be automatic. And I don't think it should be. That's part of the fun. Just put your phone down and get your hands wet. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I don't know. How much time do we have left? I feel like I could talk about this topic for days. Well, well I thought you were keeping care of the track of time. I, I got lost in time. <laughs> <laughs> when you're having fun. I was right. it, no. This was I. I like this kind of reminiscing and uh, try to get you some pictures of things, or maybe another one, little slideshow. I've got lots of pictures somewhere. Just got. Oh yes, them. we like pictures. Yeah, we'll we'll get that app where we can take me out of the picture. So. <laughs> Half of the fun is you being in the photos. <laughs> yeah, see how big my beard is over the years, right? I think I think we've had that time. It's probably yeah. It's, yeah. Well, if you've enjoyed this and you want to hear more conversations like this, we are always open to continuing and making a part two on this. Let us know, as always, what you want to hear about, and we'll try and make that happen. Thank you, everybody. This has been Dr. Tim and Hillary with another session of Dr. Tim's Aquatics Podcast. Good fish keeping.